0: Domains span the practice of PMNR from the, the beginning of a case through all the different things you would do to take care of a patient. And then the vignettes are chosen to try to represent the breadth of PMNR.
1: It's important that the candidate be prepared to explain why and what they're looking for and what might those results lead to and how will this impact their thinking and drive their differential diagnosis and further decision making and testing.
2: Welcome to the ABPMR Part Two Examination Podcast. If you're preparing to take the exam this year, listen in as ABPMR board directors, part two examiners, and other part two experts talk all things part two, including the structure of the exam, scoring, study tips, what to expect on exam day, and more. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the ABPMR Part 2 podcast. My name is Lizzie. I'm the communications coordinator for the ABPMR, and today we're going to discuss the structure of the Part 2 exam and talk about the different domains of the exam to give you an overview of the Part 2 exam and how going through it will work. So joining me today for that discussion are two ABPMR board directors, Dr. Susan Garstein and Dr. Jeff Johns. Dr. Garstein is the Associate Chief of Staff for Academic Affiliations at the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System in Salt Lake City, Utah. She's a staff physician in PMR at the VA, and she previously served as the Residency Program Director at Kessler Rutgers New Jersey Medical School for 10 years and UT Southwestern for four years before that. She also serves as a Clinical Associate Professor of PMR at the University of Utah School of Medicine. And she's been on the ABPMR Board of Directors for two years. And before that she had 10 years of experience as a part two examiner. And Dr. Jeff Johns is the medical director at Vanderbilt Stallworth Rehabilitation Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee, where he also serves as the interim medical director of the spinal cord injury program. He's associate professor and vice chair of PMR at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. And he served as an ABPMR board director for four years And then prior to that, he had 12 years of experience as a part two examiner. So thank you both for being on today. I'm glad to have you two as our tour guide through the exam. And I know you'll have great insight on the domains today. Before getting too far into the details of the exam, um, I think it's important that we start with, with some technical details of the exam. So Dr. Garstein, can you start us off by explaining
0: how the part two exam is structured? Yeah, so the part two exam consists of two 50-minute exam sessions with a 10-minute break in between. Each 50-minute exam session has two examiners who discuss four patient vignettes per session. Thus, the complete part two exam covers eight vignettes.
2: And you mentioned vignettes. Can you explain what those
0: are, just so candidates are clear? Sure. So each vignette is essentially it's a patient case. So it starts with a clinical case description and then there are questions about the case and the case sort of unrolls as you go through the sections. So examiners will lead the candidates through the five domains providing additional details regarding evaluation, diagnosis and treatment as the case unfolds and then leading the candidate in a role play. There are five domains for each vignette: data acquisition, problem solving, patient management, Systems based practice, and interpersonal and communication skills. We're going to go through each domain a little bit more in detail in a few minutes.
2: Perfect. And then, could you also explain how the structure uh, with these domains tests a candidate's application of knowledge?
0: So the vignettes are designed to provide an opportunity for the candidate to demonstrate application of knowledge to a patient scenario, just like they do in the practice of PM&R. This includes clinical skills at assessment and diagnosis, patient management, working within systems of care, and demonstrating interpersonal and communication skills. So the domains are designed to kind of give a overview of
2: a candidate's full scope of practice and how they approach their patients in care
0: yeah, the the domains try to span the the domains span the practice of PMNR from the the beginning of a case through all the different things you would do to take care of a patient, and then the vignettes are chosen to try to represent the breadth of PMNR.
2: So that's a great overview of the structure of the exam and how the domains are structured. Um, Dr. Johns, can you explain more about how that plays out during the actual exam and how the exam is administered?
1: Thanks, Lizzie. I'm happy to. Um, so in this uh, in the, the virtual exam administration format, uh, there will be several people in the virtual room, the, the candidate themselves, uh, and there will be two examiners on screen. So three people really on video. Uh, in addition to that, there will be a proctor from ABPMR staff who's not on video. Uh, and there may be an observer that that may be there at times that would be one of the um, senior you know, writers for the exam or one of the directors of the board who are really coming in not to evaluate the candidate in any way, but to make sure that the exam integrity uh, is, is, is good and to evaluate the examiners and give them some feedback if needed about uh, their examination techniques, et, et cetera. So uh, if there's these extra people off camera, I don't want that to cause any angst or anxiety to the candidate. Um, there, you know, the, the proctor is there to, you know, address any technical issues. That, an observer, if they're there um, for a particular vignette or through, you know, one particular part of their exam, it, it's not to further evaluate the candidate themselves. So there will be two examiners on camera uh, during each fifty-minute session. When there are four vignettes, um, both examiners will be um, evaluating the candidate for for each vignette. However, each examiner will really only administer or be the kind of the speaking examiner for two of the vignettes for each session. So in the other one, they they will be quiet, they'll be muted, uh, but they'll still be on camera and they are still part of the evaluation process. Uh, And it adds to our examination validity when you have two independent examiners uh, evaluating the candidate's responses and professionalism and patient assessment and communication skills, et cetera. that, that's the logistics about what it's going to look like when the candidate comes into that virtual room and who might be there.
2: Yeah, thank you for mentioning mentioning the ABPMR proctor. I think that's important for candidates to know. Like, um, It is a virtual exam, so they'll be in a Zoom room and then they will see both of their examiners on camera, but then the ABPMR proctor will be present in the meeting with their camera off and muted. So they're not taking part in the exam. They're just there in case there are any technical issues during the day of the exam. Um, So talking about the two examiners, you said that they'll switch off presenting the cases. How will that work for scoring with two examiners?
1: Great question. So both of the examiners will score the candidate for each of the domains for all of the cases. So um, all four cases, whether or not uh, examiner A is the one who is actually delivering the information, asking more probing questions, participating in the role play, um, examiner B will be scoring those, uh, responses for the candidate, just as examiner A is. And then when they flip and examiner B is uh, delivering the information and interacting verbally with the candidate, uh, but examiner A will also be scoring those responses as well.
2: Got it. And you mentioned, um, maybe the examiners will ask some probing questions, um, or just, ask for more information from the candidate. Can you go into, we'll have a future episode on this, but can you go into a little more detail on what kind of information the examiners will give to the candidate and what the communication might look like?
1: Yeah, so each vignette starts with a stem. Um, so just kind of a, a sentence or two with really some general background knowledge and uh, information about a case. And then each uh, domain will provide um either a leading question to start the discussion, or in some of the domains may provide a little bit of additional information, particularly when you get into domains B and onward, B through E. Um, so th- that general STEM um, is you know, still the, the, the base for all of the domains, and that, that information doesn't change. Uh, it's also important to know that, um, you know, let's say in, in the data acquisition there are many things that are you know, the candidate may ask for. And I think Dr. Garsting is gonna explain domain A in more detail in a minute, but there are many things that the, that the candidate may ask for uh, with regards to history and physical examination. And the, the response is the answers aren't given. There's, there's not that uh, kind of um, question and answer um, as it used to be in an old format with domain A. This is more about now understanding the thought process from the candidate and understanding why they want to know certain information therefore domain b when you get into things like problem solving uh, there will be some additional information given that might have been revealed in domain a through that history and physical examination and kind of the normal flow so um so that stem is the baseline and then there may be some additional information or there will be additional information given Uh, in uh, most of the domains as you proceed through the question, the vignette.
2: And it's important to mention, I know this is a candidate concern that um, some candidates are worried about not having all the information that they need um, starting out in a certain domain, but it's important to mention that for each domain, the candidate will have all the information that they'll need to complete that domain. So I think that's important to mention as well. Um, We've been talking a lot about the domains, so let's get into an actual discussion of the domains and go over the details of each one. So the part two examination, as you have both mentioned, is broken up into five domains and it's just domain A, B, C, D and E. Um, And we've said the domains are designed to look at a different aspect of how a candidate approaches their patients and the process of their care. So Dr. Garstan, can you start by explaining domain
0: A? Sure. So, domain A is data acquisition, and it's just like it sounds. So, this is looking at how the candidate acquires data that is needed to provide quality patient care. So, what we're looking for is the appropriateness of the data requested by the candidate. Is it clinically relevant? And we also want to know a little bit about the rationale for why certain data is elicited. So, the, the components of the domain overall are really the patient history and then the physical exam. But the patient history is going to include everything you would think of when you see a patient. You want to know their social status and their functional status and the history of the presenting complaint and any other pertinent past medical history, review of systems, those sorts of things. It's really important to remember that that what, what your examiner doesn't want is for you to just rattle off. That, uh, you know, you would get, I would do HPI, PMH, allergies, meds, review systems. The question is really like, what are you worried about in this particular scenario? What are really important things in the past medical history that might impact the way you think of their presenting problem differently? For example, do they have a history of cancer that you might need to know when they present with back pain or something like that? So really thinking through not just a laundry list, but but really digging down into like, why are you wondering about that particular history? And then same thing for the physical exam. It needs to be directed to the case scenario. So you're going to say that you would want to know the mental status exam because you're concerned in this patient who is confused when they came in, or, you know, you want to know if there's a psychological Um, issue, you know, present in the physical exam or different maneuvers. So really kind of drilling down into the rationale behind what you're saying. And it's a little tricky because as Dr. Johns mentioned, we used to go back and forth and have data that was given, the candidate would ask something and the examiner would give them data. And now we really want you to explain what you're thinking so that you would do a certain physical exam maneuver because it would help you in this particular patient diagnose a radiculopathy or a rotator cuff tear, like sort of why the why. And so really, the, what we're looking for is, did, did the candidate identify the data that was required to make the diagnosis and, and proceed with managing of the patient? And so really, really important for the thought process to be clear. And the examiner may say, why would you do that maneuver? Or what are you looking for? Why are you concerned about their functional status? So some, some probing questions to, to kind of get a sense of, of why you go through the things you go through in this first domain.
2: Yeah, the thought process. I'm glad you brought that up because that is the whole point of Domain A. It's getting at what is the candidate's thought process. So as much as they can explain just what they would do in that situation and explain their thought process and the steps that they would take, that's the most important part. Um, I'd also like to let everyone know that next week we're going to have an entire episode devoted just to domain A. So we'll have a more thorough discussion of domain A there with two guests and look at the details with that. So look forward to that conversation next week. Dr. Johns, can you explain what domain B is?
1: Yes, happy to. So domain B is problem solving. Um, And this domain addresses the appropriateness of data collection activities in relation to patient management decisions. Uh, It addresses uh, key questions, you know, did the candidate in an appropriately organized manner collect data to select among reasonable alternative diagnoses, while ensuring patient stabilization and anticipating future problems or support requirements. So similar to domain A, this is not about a laundry list of tests. It's about individualizing diagnostic procedures, tests, evaluations that are specific to a particular patient in the the given vignette at hand. Um, And it's it's very important, similar to asking about items of history or physical exam and, and being able to really explain why those things are important. Similarly, in this domain, Um, If particular tests or labs are ordered, uh, it's important that the candidate be prepared to explain why and what they're looking for and what might those results lead to and how will this impact their thinking and drive their differential diagnosis and further decision making and testing. Um, And it's also important that if there are specific tests that um, perhaps are further down the list, or may even be contraindicated or unnecessary on the front end, Um, and the the candidate can speak to those, that adds additional information for the examiners to really understand their depth of knowledge. Um, If you wouldn't order a certain test, it would need to be relevant to the case, obviously. So it's not that someone comes in with a stubbed toe and you say, I'm not going to order an MRI of their brain. That's completely senseless, and, and nobody would. Uh, But if they come in with back pain after a muscle strain and you don't see red flag indicators that would even indicate the need for a a spine x-ray, maybe you can speak to that and that adds value. So it needs to be specific to the case, but um, be able to explain and the examiners are looking for the candidates to explain why they're ordering certain tests, what are they going to do with that information, where might it lead them and why they might not order certain tests at this particular point in the patient management. It might be further down the list. Mention that as well, that if I get the results of this test back and it's negative, I might proceed with the subsequent test.
2: Yeah, that you explained that so well. And it is it, um, so important to say that candidates might be asked why they did order certain tests or why didn't they. So they should be prepared to explain their reasoning for that. And then it goes back to explaining their thought process and just the um, reasons why they're making certain decisions. So that's important to mention. Um,
0: Moving on to domain C, can you take that one, Dr. Garstang? Sure. So domain C is patient management. So this is a big domain, right? So this addresses the treatment decisions that the, 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 Candidate is making about the patient's case and then the sequence of management actions in some cases also. So lots of different things to think about. Medications that would be prescribed, exercise and modality prescriptions, and for any of these really being as specific as possible. So if you want to send the patient for physical therapy, well, what do you want the therapist to do? Uh, If they need equipment, what type of equipment? If injections are appropriate, both therapeutic and diagnostic, that would be part of your management plan, use of evidence-based medicine, a comprehensive plan, including follow-up and monitoring. So if you started the patient on a medication, having them come back to see if it was helping, promoting health and function and preventing further diseases and injuries, management of complex problems. Some of the the cases are are fairly complicated and you have to think through all the different things that that you might want to manage. And then sometimes referrals are indicated and sometimes a referral wouldn't be indicated. So do you get somebody in like a nutritionist and say a patient with ALS? Because it's okay to not know everything about taking care of your patients. And you need to say, like, I might get neurology involved because I don't know very much about this disease. That's okay. Just again, for all of these things, it's it's that rationale. Why are you doing that? What are you thinking? Um, and, and try to be as specific as you possibly can be. And be prepared to, it may be an open ended question like, how would you start with the management of this patient? Just think through all the different things you would do. The questions that, that this domain is addressing is did the candidate treat or direct the appropriate treatment at appropriate times? And did the can- candidate arrive at an informed and appropriate plan based on the information that's been given in the vignette up to that point?
2: Perfect. Um, Moving on to domain D, Dr. Johns, can you explain what domain D is for us?
1: Domain D is systems-based practice. Um, This domain addresses the candidate's ability to operate within the healthcare system uh, to supplement patient management. Um, So things such as did the the candidate think about uh, the patient scenario in the context of the larger healthcare system, the patient, family roles. Um, It's not uncommon in this domain to um, need to consider things about team management and to be able to explain and speak towards interdisciplinary team roles and appropriate involvement and again, not looking for a laundry list of who might be involved, but for a given scenario a given vignette. um, Which team members will be involved in a particular patient's uh, care and what might they be uh, asked to do specific to that vignette. Um, This domain also um, touches on things like quality improvement. root cause analyses, um, thinking about different aspects of team management when you get into things like the QI or or root cause analysis um, and and thinking about what team members need to be brought to the table to evaluate and um, potentially implement improvement plans. Um, And that's beyond sometimes even just the clinical team members and may get into more healthcare administration and systems issues. and so, so really looking in this section to see if the candidate's response takes into account uh, issues around healthcare cost and utilization of resources.
2: And then, lastly, domain E, Dr. Garcing, can you explain that one for us?
0: Yeah. So, domain E is the interpersonal and communication skills. Um, I don't know, for some people, it's their favorite domain, and for some people, it's their least favorite domain. Um, this domain looks at how our candidates interact with a family member or a patient. Uh, depending on the vignette, it's going to be a little bit different, but but really, it's looking at the, the way the communication occurs. So this is the role play, um, and the examiner will start off. You'll be told who they are and a, kind of a framing quote. And then the candidate responds. And we're really looking at communication skills, listening, how our response is given. Is the person compassionate and sensitive? Do they demonstrate respect? Are they sensitive to diversity issues that might be kind of under the surface? Are they they showing ethics and professionalism in their responses? One of the things that's so nice about having an oral exam is that you can do this type of thing. It's not just a pen and paper. It's a, it's a real life back and forth exchange and it really measures something a little bit different in terms of how people interact. So there isn't as much of a focus on the information, the medical context of the discussion, but we do expect that the care is going to be, you know, high quality, evidence-based, that the information that's presented to the the patient or to the family is accurate, but again, that it's framed in a a way that's compassionate and, and well communicated. And so this is looking at if the candidate is able to provide appropriate explanations and respond ethically and sensitively to the patient and the patient's family, and if they're communicating effectively with other support staff, or maybe it's a coach or an employer, um, really just that that communication, those skills of communication.
2: Yeah, and that... I think domain E shows a key difference between the part one and the part two exam where there's just some things that you can't get from a written exam and that um, can't be demonstrated just on something like the part one exam where it's testing your medical knowledge. This really is testing your approach to certain situations. And yeah, it's um, really shows just the difference between part one and part two and why they're both important. So that's good that you mentioned that. so that is an overview of the domains. We talked a lot about the different details that candidates will have to provide in each domain. Can you explain how much a candidate should explain during the exam? So what's a good balance of too much information and too little information as they're explaining their thought process?
1: I, I'm happy to start if you, if that's okay. Um, I would say err on the side of providing too much information the examiner will step in if they feel like they have um, heard enough to really give a good, a thorough assessment, evaluation of the candidate's uh, knowledge, understanding, thought process. Um, and, and I'll kind of add to that, um, the, the fact that you know as much as possible, I wanna encourage candidates to not worry about time. Um, it's the responsibility of the examiners to efficiently move through the exam while giving the candidate full ability um, and opportunity to do the absolute best that they can to to really display their knowledge, display their skills, interpersonal skills, professionalism, et cetera. Um, So err on the side of over-explaining and it's okay then if the examiners say, thank you, let's move on. Um, and, and that may be just an indication. It's not, it, it shouldn't be assumed that your explanation was right. It's just that part of that is they need to move efficiently through the the, the rest of the exam. Um, so they, to err on the other side of not explaining enough um, would probably just uh, cause the examiner to probe further, ask again, rephrase the question, uh, because they, they want to really dig and understand.
2: Is there anything that you wanted to add to that, Dr. Garsting?
0: No, I think that was a perfect answer.
2: Yeah, and I like that you mentioned the flip side where if it's not enough information or if the examiner is wanting to know um, more details or more about the thought process, they'll ask for that and they'll prompt the candidate to maybe elaborate on something. So the examiner will get the information they need and then they'll take the candidate through the exam um, and pace that way. So that's great to mention. So after going through the domains and the structure of the exam, what would you two say is important for candidates to remember as they move through the domains?
0: I think it's really important for candidates to know that all the domains are scored independently and that the candidate will be given all the information needed within each domain to answer that domain's questions. I think candidates sometimes get a little freaked out because they'll miss a, a diagnosis and they'll think like, oh, oh I'm going to fail this whole test because I missed the diagnosis. So if you miss something in, say, the physical exam, it, it may ne- negatively impact how that domain is scored. But at the start of the next domain, you're going to get the relevant history and physical that you need to continue to go on and formulate a differential diagnosis or the next steps in the patient management. And so each section, each domain has a a stem that gives you what you need to successfully complete that particular domain and get that independent score.
1: I'll also add um, in thinking about from going from domain B, problem solving to C, similar uh, comments, but uh, as you think about ad- ordering tests and labs, etc, if there's if, if the candidate doesn't mention that key test, or that key lab that's going to lead to the, the you know, diagnosis. Again, it may impact and likely will impact the uh, candidate score in that domain B. But then moving on to domain C, that's an independently scored domain. And the stem of that section of that domain is going to give the result of that key test. Um, and then the candidate may say, oh, I should have ordered X, Y, or Z, and then realize where they went wrong. but the important thing is to stay focused and move forward and focus on the question at hand from that domain's stem so that you can address patient management then now that you know this information moving forward and and do the absolute best that you can in, in that subsequent domain
2: those are both great extra details of advice just remembering to stay focused even if you think you might have missed something and remembering that each domain is scored independently so that you can really focus on each domain and not worry about how you might have performed on the past ones, so.
1: And and I'll add another comment related to that is because the examiners are responsible to move efficiently through the the exam and make sure that the content areas are um, fully covered with all four vignettes in the 50-minute sessions, Um, and the fact that each domain is independently scored, if in domain D, the candidate realized, oh, in domain A, I should have asked for this particular history component or physical exam component, um, you, you can't go back. You can't, you can't kind of say, oh, I, I, I meant to fill in that bubble on the test. You know, you've moved on, we're into a different domain, and and you know, you need to continue to move forward. And then I did want to mention two other things that I, I wanted to point out. Um, Lizzie, I think you um, maybe mentioned earlier, just, you know, the, the sense that, um, some candidates have expressed concern, you know, to the course, through the course of the exam to examiners about, they don't feel like they have enough information at times, or they want, want answers to questions that, you know, maybe aren't given to them. Um, just for the candidates to know that every candidate has that same amount of information. It's not like their particular examiners are holding back something from them. It's the design of the test. They will be given the information that they need uh, through the through the vignette stem and the subsequent domain stems that they should be able to thoughtfully approach this patient scenario and lead to evaluation, diagnosis, testing, workup, um, systems-based practice, and interpersonal communication. Uh, I also want the candidates to know that, as these vignettes are being developed by our volunteers, vignette writers, um, board directors, we do this. we 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 give the exam to each other. we role play. Um, we we do that is to kind of make you know um test them in a somewhat live fashion to say, does how does this feel as the candidate? Um, you know, So we we do try to walk through these, uh, and they go through a thorough analysis and evaluation so that we're confident that when they are in the testing environment, the candidates are um, uh, attempting to answer these questions, um, that we're confident this is uh, going to give us valid information about the candidate's skills.
2: Thank you for mentioning that. That is so important to say, is that this does go through a Rigorous process of writing the questions, testing the questions, testing the actual environment of how it will feel for candidates. So, thank you for bringing that up. That's a great reminder. Um, as a reminder for listeners, all this information that Dr. Johns and Dr. Garsane have gone over today is on our ABPMR website. And specifically, the information on the domains with the important questions that are addressed in each domain is on the part two examination page. So, that website page is linked in the episode notes here. And we also have more resources for the exam on the part two podcast page, which you can find in this episode's notes as well. And a great follow-up to today's conversation, I encourage you to watch our video of a mock part two exam that um, actually Dr. Johns has a small acting role in. (laughs) So that will show you the flow of the exam and what each domain will look like during the exam. So you can find that video on our part two podcast page as well. So Dr. Johns and Dr. Garcin, to wrap everything up, is there anything else you'd like to say to 2022 part two candidates?
0: Sure, I'll start. Um, I just think it's important to know that that the board isn't trying to to trick people up. The exam's not meant to be super complicated or, or cover, you know, zebra diagnoses. It's really just trying to see how do you approach patient care? How do you think about things when a patient comes into your clinic or you see a patient in the hospital? Kind of how do you wrap your brain around getting information about that patient? How do you diagnose them? How do you address management? And how do you work within the system of care and communicate effectively? And, and just really those kind of those anchoring behaviors or domains. In different types of cases, so it's it's not it's not made to be tricky. It's made to just see kind of see how you think about caring for patients.
1: Yeah, and I'll uh, tag on to that. Uh, if there is a vignette that prevent presents a a, a given candidate um, a, a challenging diagnosis or one that they're just really not familiar with, uh, that they might consider a zebra diagnosis. Um, it, it's still important to stay focused and walk through and, and demonstrate to the examiners, your evaluation process, your thought process, your medical knowledge um, and, and not let it rattle you that a particular diagnosis might be one that you haven't seen since whenever it was through the course of your training, that's okay. You're still a physician, you still uh, have the ability to thoughtfully evaluate the patient, take the history, you know, do it in the context of a larger healthcare system. Interact with patient, family members, whoever it is, through the role play, uh, and you can still do very well even without deep knowledge uh, about a particular diagnosis. And and similarly, um, you know, there are times when it is very appropriate to refer patients for a consult or ask for assistance from another subspecialty or specialty. Um, so that may be part of your answer in managing something especially if it's something that you're not overly familiar with now if that's the candidate's response for every vignette that's a concern um but but there may be a case where it's very appropriate to say uh, i need to get some advice from a colleague Um,
0: and then finally i just
1: want to say good luck to the candidates and similar to dr saying, this is not designed to Trick them; Um, they've come too far in their training and in their experience, Um, and 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 we want to um, ensure that uh, individuals who are board certified in PM&R are uh, excellent physicians who are committed to high quality patient care, ongoing quality improvement, high degree of professionalism, and this should be that last step. Uh, in this evaluation process before they move forward into a lifelong commitment to continuing certification.
2: That's some great last advice for the candidates. I know they're going to appreciate both of those comments and then just all of this information on the domains. So thank you both so much for being here today and walking us through the domains and what the exam looks like. This was a great overview of the exam, um, how the domains work, and kind of the technical side of things with how it's structured and what um, examiner communication will look like. So thank you both. Next week, as I mentioned, I will have two guests on to talk about domain A. We'll have Dr. Daniel Klingchot and Dr. Sherilyn Driscoll on to talk um, more details on domain A. So that will be a great follow-up for today's discussion. So be sure that you don't miss that episode next week. And thank you all for listening this week. We'll see you later.